You could be my black Kate Moss tonight. Play secretary on the ball tonight. And you don't give a f what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior. Damn, they don't make them like this anymore. I ask, cause I'm not sure. Do anybody make real d anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness. Cause right now, that has forsaken us. You should be honored by my lateness. That I would even show up to this fake. So go ahead, go nuts, go ace. Especially in my pastel on my paper. Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel. Homie, take six and take this. Hater. Uh, Neil and Bud, uh, the president of the United States is in his office now and would like to say a few words to you. Over. Hello, Neil and Bud. I'm talking to you by telephone from the Oval Room at the White House. And as you talk to us from the sea of tranquility, it inspires us to redouble our efforts to bring peace and tranquility to Earth. For one priceless moment in the whole history of man, all the people on this Earth are truly one. WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor. Keeping Richard Nixon's vision of peace and global unity alive with sounds and music from all the cultures of all the people all over the world. If you hear uh, like you think the, the ones on what do you call it music at the restaurants or on the elevators? That music is destructive. That music if we had good music playing for people in a happy society on the streets, you know? I feel like uh, my music I have a new record coming out. I was like, well, maybe this time they'll hear it. Hopefully she's on this next train. This will tell. Well, uh, it's a little after 6.30 p.m., although our clock says 5.12. I don't know how it got into that uh, condition. But uh, welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly News and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And a noisy week in Washington that I don't think we need to talk too much about. Who cares about uh, problems with the uh, web servicing capability of the government's uh, health care situation? Uh, these technical flaws happen all the time in the uh, private industry, obviously snafus and problems but the well something of this magnitude it was inevitable that there yeah. would be glitches and bugs i mean anybody who's ever tried to enroll for a college course online of course this is one of the treacherous aspects of the internet is it's so pervasive that all aspects of our lives are now intertwined with it uh we're basically slaves to the internet yeah on that level i still say it needs to be blown up and we need to start over and, of course, uh, maybe more interesting than problems with the uh, Affordable Health Care Act, or whatever you want to call it, uh, because obviously we're not talking here about being able to purchase insurance. We're talking about just signing up. So this uh, sort of hysteria about the catastrophe is, I think, misguided. Uh, technical fixes, I'm sure, will... Uh, um, come in due course and glitches will continue uh the, the real problem is it's illustrative of the hodgepodge nature of our healthcare system which right. is at the heart of the problem 
And I didn't bring in the little item in yesterday's business section, but it definitely showed that uh, the stock prices of the major health insurers in America have done just fine mm. uh, under this system. Because what we're talking here, really, at the end of the day, is subsidized uh, subsidizing private insurance companies in America. And this, of course, is why 15% of the people that, quote, don't like Obamacare, unquote, are actually critiquing it from the left, that it's inadequate, that it doesn't go far enough. But this hodgepodge system in, in which different states are uh, not participating or not setting up state exchanges or not participating in the expansion of Medicaid, interesting that Texas uh, has the, the highest number of uh, uninsured in adults in America, compared to any other state and they are they've neither set up a state exchange nor uh, participated in the Medicaid uh, situation uh, here in Michigan uh, Governor Snyder who uh, was in the news today because he was testifying in federal court in Detroit about the bankruptcy I think wisely expanded Medicaid here in the United States and to be quite frank with you Medicaid is is, is what is missing from this whole uh, debate about the budget and the health care exchanges. Uh, Medicaid has exploded uh, in America since 1978 thanks to the Hyde Amendment. Uh, let's remember that uh, anywhere between 40 and 50 percent of all children born in the United States now enter the Medicaid system. And that is because abortion is uh, made increasingly uh, unavailable and not paid for by the federal government. So poor women uh, confronted with the choice of uh, signing up for Medicaid and having a birth at the expense of taxpayers are probably going to choose that over spending money out of pocket and dealing with the difficult problem problems regarding access to abortion because there are 36 states now in the United States where Abortion is getting increasingly difficult to obtain. Interesting to note, too, that the uh, rates of teen pregnancy are uh, considerably higher in the red states. Yeah, and of course, uh, onto the Medicaid system they go. So this yep. is an example of uh, the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. Total hypocrisy by uh, Republican governors in many of the states that have not set up the exchanges. And I think, as I say, all the hullabaloo and hoopla and hysteria about these technical problems um, are a sideshow. Of course, now the real show, one of the more interesting stories of this past week was the continuing re uh, revelations about uh, the NSA and spying and data collection and all of this other stuff that's been going on now for quite some time. It's interesting that uh, today's New York Times revealed that Merkel, and that's Angela Merkel, the Chancellor of Germany, was uh, targeted as early as 2002 uh, by the NSA for reasons that remain obscure. She at the time, of course, was not Chancellor of Germany. She was merely a mm. up-and-comer in the Christian Democratic Party and was actually one of the few politicians in Germany that supported the United States' uh, harebrained idea of invading Iraq. Uh, so why she was uh, surveilled uh, remains unclear, and there do seem to be some discrepancies about what really happened here uh, regarding the German um, spying.
Then, of course, we have um, France. Uh, 70 million people uh, apparently were uh, scooped up by the NSA in a single month from December 10th, 2012 to January 8th of 2013. Why? They come from France. Souffle. Spain today revealed 60 million Spaniards have been monitored by the NSA. So if Congress would actually get to work, and fortunately they're going on break again in a couple of days. Uh, Veterans Day is coming up. Right. So uh, they're not going to get any work done. They're going to do a lot of hooting and hollering. And uh, many of them need to find Halloween costumes that... uh, fit their personalities uh ted cruz uh, needs to find a big head cheese uh an interesting article uh appeared in the london review of books on the 24th of uh, october 2013 about the nsa how to get ahead by daniel soar i unwisely tore this out of my edition so i don't know what distinguishes daniel soar Uh, credentials, but I think he's got a lot of very interesting observations about the NSA and the so-called five eyes that seem to be operating uh, this uh, global surveillance system, which uh, includes the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and of course the United Kingdom. David Cameron has uh, not expressed much outrage about NSA surveillance. Uh, He's in on the action. Right. (laughs) And uh, this metadata and the things that they're monitoring is uh, rather amazing. I'll just quote a uh, brief chunk of a paragraph here from Daniel Soar's article. It says, There are 7 billion people on the planet and nearly 6 billion, and nearly 7 billion mobile phones. 6 billion emails are sent every hour. 1.2 petabytes of data. You can figure out what a petabyte is. I don't know what it is. Uh, It's a whole lot of bytes. It's a whole lot of bytes. But uh, 1.2 petabytes of data travel across the Internet every minute. The equivalent of 2,000 years worth of music playing continuously. That gives you an idea. The contents of 2.2 billion books. Even if they don't get everything, the NS claims with a loving wording to touch just 1.6% of global internet traffic or about 35 million books worth of data a minute. The spooks have an awful, have a, uh, the spooks have an awful more to be getting on with than worrying about you. So what he's suggesting there is that there's so much traffic on cell phones and tablets and computers and whatnot that all of this monitoring probably doesn't amount to much anyway and it's unclear what terrorist plots have been uh, snuffed out by uh, the NSA using the matching up of phone numbers and the duration of calls and how that works Uh, might be appropriate to get more information out from the officials that run the not-so-secret agency.
Yeah, and you know, as we've said before, this sort of uh, surveillance has been going on uh, since humans began to organize into hierarchical groupings called society. Uh, there's always been a thirst for information. There's always been a number of uh, means uh, to get this information, to store it, to analyze it. Uh, the Internet enables this kind of trafficking uh, in information, in digits, zeros and ones. And, uh, yeah, just because uh, you're one of the 70 million Frenchmen who's been allegedly scooped up and surveilled, uh, it's it's largely random. Um, you put something on the Internet, it's there for anybody with the capabilities to uh, analyze it. Uh to grasp it's it's there it's a matter of public record cell phones are not private uh this is not news uh why people are so shocked and horrified about this uh is really what sort of baffles me uh i think we all know that the internet is wide open and uh there's there's always going to be people surveilling and listening and spooking and spying and you know the corporations use the internet too to see what you like and what you don't like on Facebook and they tailor the ads to whatever where you, you like are. where you are what your location is uh, oh you live here there's this concert coming you like music uh, that's a kind of surveillance too but nobody complains about that all that much right um, it's it's just the way the internet is structured. Um, and so, of course, uh, powerful countries are going to use it. And these European countries being all shocked and appalled, uh, come on, let's be honest, uh, they have surveillance networks and systems, too. Yeah, and of course, spying uh, with, you know, inter-allied spying has been going on for uh, Yeah, the Israelis millennia. have spied on uh, the United States uh, with great scrutiny. Uh, in fact, what's his name? John J. Pollard is still in prison. And there's still people who are asking for him to be released because, well, uh, he's, you know, spying for our ally. But still, he was revealing secrets that were not meant for public consumption uh, to another sovereign state. So that violates U.S. law. So he remains in prison as a spy. Uh, just because you've been surveilled doesn't mean you're under threat of being a spy. If you've posted anything on the Internet, the chances are it's getting, gotten somebody's attention. Now, it's a lot of people worrying about something that, at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> nothing you can do about it. And, of course, this program, PRISM, uh, that has been discussed uh, for the last several months, uh, by the way, I'd... Doesn't mean that I think it's right. It's yeah. just going to happen. The uh, July 8th slash 15th, it's a double issue of The Nation, has a very good article about... Uh, the end of privacy, what we have to fear of the new surveillance state. Uh, John Lanier has one of the articles in there, but it's interesting that in the Daniel Soar uh, London Review of Books article, he points out that PRISM allows an NSA worker to submit a request, which is invariably granted, to monitor an individual Gmail account or Yahoo identity or Facebook profile and have all of the activities sent back to the NSA. In this context, direct access is accurate. If a selector has been approved for monitoring, the NSA has it in real time. One of the slides in The Guardian, and this is one of the publications in which um, Edward Snowden's uh, leaked material has been regularly appearing, uh, along with the New York Times and Der Spiegel, 
uh, didn't disclose. It appeared a few days later in the Washington Post, showing a screenshot of the tool used to search records retrieved through PRISM. The total counts of record in the database in April when the slide was made was 117,675. And, of course, uh, the big corporate phone companies and Internet providers, Facebook, Google, etc., we don't need to name them all because there really aren't that many, um, have issued at times... Uh, sort of tepid denials or non-denials about their participation and or cooperation. Uh, When the Snowden story broke uh, this summer, I pointed out that Bill Moyers had talked extensively about this spying back in uh, on his public affairs show back in uh, 2005 and 2006 about a certain room in San Francisco owned by AT&T that was given um, access to uh, phone uh, numbers, conversations, etc. And uh, it's interesting that a new book out about the uh, death of Dog Harmerschold, who died in uh, 1961 as head of the United Nations, uh, the CIA apparently was monitoring his flight. So there are many secrets uh, still uh, classified that we don't have any information about in a footnote, he, he uh, Sora writes, uh, these, the denials from the phone companies are interestingly in contrast to the brilliant non-denial issued by Verizon, the U.S.'s uh, second largest phone company, in response to an earlier story that it had been forced to hand over all of its call records to the NSA in a memo to staff, a company vice president wrote, quote, you may have seen stories in the news about a top secret order Verizon allegedly received to produce certain calling information to the U.S. government. We have no comment on the accuracy of the Guardian newspaper story or the documents referenced, but a few items in these stories are important. The alleged court order that the Guardian published on its website contains language that, quote, compels Verizon to respond, A, B, forbids Verizon from revealing the order's existence. Nevertheless, the law authorizes the federal courts to order a company to provide information in certain circumstances. And if uh, Verizon were to receive such an order, we would be required to comply. This is the so-called protection that we have here in the United States that Congress doesn't seem to be doing anything about. And I'd also like to point out, uh, as part of this interesting historical aspect of this, It was the Supreme Court, the conservatives on the Supreme Court, that permitted uh, warrantless wiretapping of cell phones back in the 1990s as part of the war on drugs, Uh, a uh, Orwellian phrase developed by the Reagan administration, uh, because our prisons uh, filled up rather rapidly in reality it was a war on certain classes of people who use drugs costing not all people who use drugs taxpayers hundreds of billions of dollars in fact in the 1990s there was some persuasive evidence that the largest growth industry in the united states was actually the prison Mm -hmm. industrial complex it's interesting that many of the prisons are located in red states where the red states count these people as 
citizens of the United States, even though they, in many cases, are not allowed to vote. So they are uh, put in rural districts that enlarge congressional districts. So in addition to all the problems with gerrymandering, we have this surreal uh, aspect in which prisoners are counted as citizens for congressional representation purposes. And there are some districts uh, in Texas and other southern states that uh, are, in my opinion, uh, in inadequately uh, drawn for various reasons. Well, of course, there's a, a glorious and uh, ignoble tradition in the South of uh, wanting to count uh, some human beings uh, as numbers for statistical electoral purposes yes. and then not count them as human beings at all uh, in other categories. So uh, that's what an honest person would call dirty pool. And interestingly, uh, to vote in many of the same states, we're talking about their passing voter ID right. laws uh, in still uh, undetermined constitutionality of that uh, <clears throat> these programs but not ruled unconstitutional as of this time. So, yeah, this is fascinating stuff, uh, but not surprising and certainly not shocking. Um, it is interesting that Europe has had many conflicts with the American corporate computer slash technology companies regarding uh, privacy and surveillance, and they do have some stricter laws in Europe regarding uh, what can be uh, revealed. Uh, so I think this would be an appropriate era for Congress to actually work on something constructive. Where's Rand Paul? Well, we're informed reliably that he's going to put a hold on Janet Yellen's nomination to be chairman of the Federal Reserve rather than working on something like this. Right. Long live the Tea Party. Well, one wonders uh, how long it will live, uh, cheek by jowl, <laughs> phrase chosen carefully in Mitch McConnell's behalf, uh, with the uh, so-called Republican Party, uh, at what point they may split off or uh, tear each other to pieces. Uh, I think that's a spectacle just around the corner for us to behold. Unemployment numbers, of course, came out late this month, and it's interesting to note, uh, as Floyd Norris does uh, when these uh, numbers were published uh, on Wednesday of this past week, these were um, September's unemployment numbers, well, almost came out in November, and of course we're not going to really have a clean report on this for quite a while. He notes it was the summer of 1966, when the federal government had 2,721,000 employees. And he notes that the government is now smaller at any time, federal government, since 1966. So uh, when you hear these, uh, I don't know, boy crying wolf uh, claims about the growth of government, uh, there certainly was a growth of government under George W. Bush. It was uh, it was basically called the Department of Homeland Security. Right, a whole new concoction 
of fantasy and make-believe. And that's one of the interesting reasons why Virginia has suddenly become a purple state and no longer a red state. Mm -hmm. Most of the uh, growth in the government uh, led to an expansion of suburban Washington in the Virginia area, as Maryland pretty much has built up enough already. <laughs> so uh, that's why Obama won Virginia for the last two uh, elections in all probability. Ah, what the, uh, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. Alas. I have a short item here, speaking of Texas, which uh, I propose that we just throw them out of the United States for all sorts of reasons. Uh, a couple of uh, months ago, we had a fertilizer explosion in the city of West Texas that killed 15 people. They are facing, get this, a fine of $118,000 and $300 in federal fines for two dozen serious safety violations, including a failure to have an emergency response planned. OSHA had not inspected the facility since 1982. And yet we have Ted Cruz and Governor Perry, who apparently is going to run for president again. Oh, that'll be fun. Um, telling he did, he the did so well last time in his... Uh... Telling the American people that uh, there's too much regulation. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any. Well, how much... Uh, what were the costs of the... Uh... This was a town, property by the way, damage. that exploded. Yeah, it yeah. just literally exploded. What were the costs of the property damage and the homes that were destroyed or damaged or rendered unlivable uh, relative to the um, fine? I, I'm sure this fine doesn't even come close. Yeah. But that's par for the course uh, when corporations uh, commit massive crimes, whether it be Union Carbide or BP. Uh, you you pay a pittance, you know, nickels on the dollar, and uh, you get an advertising campaign to talk about how it's going to be different now. We've learned from this. Well, Texas, uh, as we've noted before, uh, Perry, not, by the way, was really upset. Sure what they bring to the table? Yeah. Well, Perry was upset, by the way, that that this was not declared a federal disaster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when that happened. He was, uh, where is our federal money? And I'm like, well, how is this a federal disaster? This isn't an act of God. This isn't a tornado or a hurricane or a an act of terror unless you consider stupidity and incompetence and failure to make sure that the workplace is up to code uh, an act of terror in, in which case, yeah, well, that opens a big can of worms. <laughs> Unsafe handling and storage of two fertilizers. And and hydrous uh, uh, ammonia and ammonium nitrate. You would have thought after Oklahoma City. I was just going to say, what, did they put Tim McVeigh in charge of the uh, organization there? Who knows? The ghost of Timothy McVeigh. Was... But uh, 1982, yeah, that was uh, when Ronald Reagan discovered the ocean blue. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, there's all sorts of people uh, on the right wing who will look at a, a group like OSHA. And, of course, they were one of the uh, bodies, government bodies, that was 
furloughed during the uh, recent government shutdown. Uh, that's okay. Who needs it? You know, who needs it? It's an intrusion into the rights Freedom. of uh, of, of uh, owners of businesses and factory owners and so forth. Um, they can monitor all these things themselves. Well, here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor, we think it's probably not a bad idea for some outside regulatory agencies to poke their nose in every couple of years and see uh, just how things are being done. Are they done the way they're supposed to be done? That's fine. That's good. Uh, if not, well, that's why you have regulatory uh, agencies. Somebody's got to hold uh, the decision makers accountable. Well, uh, I guess in the final minutes of the uh, program here, uh, two uh, quick mentions I want to make. Uh, of course, there'll be a lot of people dedicating portions of their musical program to the uh, passing of Lou Reed mm. uh, of the Velvet Underground. Kind of surprising in a way that Lou Reed made it to 71 uh, since he wrote a song glorifying and romanticizing heroin use on uh, that first Velvet Underground album. And uh, although I'm not really, uh, I don't consider myself a great fan of Lou Reed, I do like the Velvets and respect their place in the rock pantheon, but uh, I find it interesting to note, if you've read a lot of the works of Lester Bangs, that somewhere up there in rock and roll heaven, if Lou Reed arrives, I think Lester Bangs is probably going to punch him right in the face uh, as a welcome hello. Uh, Lou Reed was often a very hostile uh, interview. Yeah. Uh, surly, argumentative, and this was maybe part of a character he chose to play. Uh, I don't really know for sure about that, but uh, once Lester Bangs uh, punches him in rock and roll heaven, then they can share some Mexican cough syrup together and, and be pals. Uh, but uh, Lou Reed and, of course, Marsha Wallace, uh, the great comedian who provided the lovely and enchanting voice of Miss Edna Krabappel on The Simpsons for over 20 years. Uh, she will be missed, as will Lou Reed. Uh, ha! Yeah. Ha! Something like that. Yeah, that's her uh, signature punctuation uh, laugh. I haven't been able to mimic her yep. throughout my so, entire uh, adult life. But anyway, uh, Andrew's been our engineer this evening, so we uh, thank him once again. I did make a minor error last week. Jim Leland did win the World Series. I forgot that he managed the Florida Marlins back in the oh, 90s. Okay. In any case, uh, Yazoo City Calling is coming up on this fine station. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Dutch Coleman and on the harmonica and Red Whitehead on the guitar doing the Boonville Stomp telling you it's time for Yazoo City Calling here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Jerry Mack, your host this evening for an hour-long excursion into the land of Delta Blues and early urban blues. 
performed and lived by the men and women who started it all. This particular track found on a compilation on the Yazoo record label called Harmonica Masters 